0: everybody, let's, um, let's go ahead and get started just a little bit. Some of y'all still, some folks still making their way to the restroom and stretching. That, that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine. But let, let's go ahead and get started. So glad to everybody smiling and getting along and enjoying themselves today. Not like the church in Corinth. That's good. So happy to see all of you. Uh, We're in Lesson 10 in the book, Lesson 10. really want to finish this lesson today because uh, my dear friend, Brother brother Mitch, is going to teach a couple of classes. And then Greg is going to teach some classes later on this year. So they're kind of dividing up the subbing there uh, as my meeting schedule kind of picks up in April. But uh, I want to try to definitely get done with Lesson 10 today. We are devoting ourselves to the subject of aids and additions, aids and additions. We want to know what are some of the things that can aid us in doing what God has told us to do, and what are some things that would be ch- things that would change what God has said, things that would be additions, things that if we use them, they wouldn't aid us, but they would actually violate and change the instructions of God. We're looking at aids and additions. That's where we want to finish up with And in lesson in lesson 10, we're going to just briefly review some of the things we talked about last Sunday. Since it has been a week since we've had class. But we we, but we we do want to go through those examples that are in in your lesson there. So let's go ahead and bow our heads and have a prayer. Okay, Holy God, we are so thankful, Father, for you blessing us uh, with the opportunity, Father, to be here to open up the Bible and to learn to grow to help each other, Father, as brothers and sisters. We pray, Father, that we will have humble hearts, that we will have hearts that are receptive to the truth, that we will search the scriptures together, that we will learn together, and that we will finish our class having an enhanced respect and understanding of your sacred text. We pray for all of our young people in their classes. We pray for all the Bible class teachers and we especially pray for the men who lead this church, the shepherds who lead this church. In Jesus' name, amen. So you remember, you remember the, the question that I brought up last time, the question that is often asked by people, and that is where do you get your authority for a lot of the things that you do? Where do you get your authority for PowerPoint? Where do you get your authority for song books? Now we can say songs on the slides, where you get your authority for the pews you're sitting in and the tables, the baptistry, the church website, the sound system, copy machine, trays, baskets, a parking lot. Many people want to know, why are you okay with doing that stuff, but you're not okay with the piano? You're not okay with the guitar or the drums or the basketball gym or the special room attached to the building where Christians can come together and eat a social meal. Why are you okay with the stuff, that stuff there, but you're not okay with certain other things? People often want to know that. And so let me just say this as we continue to dive down this, go down this path here. If these things here are not authorized, then we shouldn't have them. And that's what people are trying to say. That's true. Now, they're trying to say that, You know, because these things are wrong, it should be okay for them to do things that are wrong. But no, that that, that doesn't fly. That doesn't fly. But if these things are not authorized, I don't care how much we like them. I don't care how cool we think they are. I don't care how modern they are. I don't care how convenient they are. I don't care if they're part of some long-held Church of Christ tradition. If we don't have authority from Scripture for these things, then we shouldn't have them. We shouldn't have them. And so what are these things on the slide here? Well, as we started studying this last Sunday, we consider how they are called expedients. An expedient is an aid. It's an aid. And you need aid sometimes to do what God has commanded. You need aids. Just like last week when I asked John Michael to come up here and write his name on my paper up here, he asked me, okay, where's a pen? Remember that? He understood without really even thinking about it that I can't do what my dad is saying without an aid. The pen would aid him in obeying me. And that's what these things are on the slide. They're called expedients, they are aids, and aids help us do what God has commanded. They help us carry out what God has authorized. They are part of generic authority. Remember, general authority is the idea that God tells us to do something but he doesn't tell us the means about which we can go about doing it. He leaves it up to us to decide that. And expedients fall under that umbrella of generic authority. And so one of the examples we considered was Matthew 28, 19, right, where Jesus told his people to go, go into the world and make disciples of the nations. The commandment is to go. What is authorized is to go. But Jesus doesn't tell us how to go. He doesn't specify that. So we're able to make judgments, a judgment on how we want to go. The best means about going to preach the gospel, whether it's some place here in the valley or if it's going to Africa, Asia, Australia. Jesus says, you go, you can decide how you go. So for something to be expedient, it's got to be lawful. Can't change what God has said. You can't have you know, something and say, OK, this is expedient, but it's not staying within the realm of what God has authorized. For something to be expedient, it's got to be lawful from the Lord. It's got to fall within the authority that he has given us. This rejects the notion that the end justifies the means. You know, if we, if we, if we do this, whatever, the, as long as we get good results, it doesn't matter how we do it. Now, we saw in the Bible that's wrong. Moses got water from the rock, but he went about the wrong means to produce that. God told him to speak to the rock. He struck the rock. The means was wrong, even though the end was good. So the ends don't justify the means. Just because something is effective. just because you get a lot of numbers in the building. You get a lot of money in the plate and you get the pews full. That doesn't mean that God has allowed that. It's because the end result may be a lot of numbers, right? An expedient is never specified. It's never specified. If it was, then it wouldn't be an expedient. When something is specific, we got no choice. We got to do it that way. We have no wiggle room. But if God just gives us some general instructions, well, now you can use an expedient to accomplish His will. So, this is where we want to go now. We want to understand this by looking at a lot of examples. And we're going to look at a lot of them. We're going to look at a lot of them. Okay? And what I want to do here is I'm going to. Throw some of these things on here, and I got to go through them rather quickly because a lot to get through and I got to finish this lesson this morning, but if you see something that really strikes you, something that really stands out to you, if you just politely raise your hand there, uh, I'll call on you and you can make an observation on maybe you see some things on some of these cases that really stand out to you and you want to make a point, okay? But keep in mind that we want to kind of keep this going kind of fast. Uh, Make your comments kind of brief and right to the point so we can get through all these examples. We've got a lot to look at. Now, we looked at some of these last time, and the first one was Noah. I like like the one with Noah. Noah is just a great, great story. It's a great story about a righteous man who led his family right, and God used him to hit the restart button on the world. I mean, we wouldn't be here right now if Noah wasn't a righteous man, one righteous man in all the world. But Noah was very good about obeying God, very good about obeying God. So God told him, make an ark of gopher wood. God was very specific on that. That's what's authorized. But there were some things that God didn't specify, and Noah's going to need some aids. I mean, he can't just say some magic words and there the ark is. It doesn't work that way. He's got to have some aids, even though God didn't say anything about aids. But these aids would be expedients. And so if God's telling him to make an ark, Noah understands that, hey, I can get a hammer for that. And I can get an axe and I can get a saw. Maybe I can even hire some folks to help me. There are different things that Noah could have used to aid him in accomplishing God's will. He can't do it without AIDS. There is no way he can do it without AIDS. But in addition to that is if he he built something other than an ark. If He says I'll build a lifeboat, a tree house. You know, if he builds anything other than an ark, that's an addition. He has changed what God has said. So we looked at that last time. We looked at Numbers 19:2 also, where God told them, told the Israelites, "I want you to bring an unblemished red heifer." That's what you're going to sacrifice. God is very specific. But Israel's is going to need some aids to get this done. And one of the things they're going to need is something to bring the heifer, the red heifer, and a rope could help them with that. There are many different things that could help them accomplish God's will. But anything other than that red heifer, an unblemished red heifer, would be an addition. So I don't care if we're talking about a bulldog, a horse, a bear, a fox. Anything other than what God has said is an addition. God is very specific. Let's look at another example now, though. And this is an extra one that's, in your, that's not in your book. But it was one I was thinking about. And it's in Genesis 22. Just one more Old Testament example. then we're going to get into the New Testament. Genesis 22, verse 1. There was a a step-by-step video we did of this recently, and it says in Genesis 22, verse 1, Now it came about after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. He said, Take now your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains on which I tell you. So there's a lot of specific stuff going on there, right? A lot of specific stuff. So let's just point out a couple of things. One thing I just want you to notice is God said you're going to offer Isaac. You're going to offer your son, your only son, your only begotten son, the Hebrew writer says. You're going to take Isaac, and we're going to see later God's going to tell him to go to Mount Moriah. It's going to be very specific about that. God has specific instructions here. That's what's authorized. Now, what are some aids that you think abraham's going to need to offer up isaac to god based on these instructions anybody got an idea what's something that abraham might need to get this done what could be an expedient i guess he doesn't need anything i guess he can just magically just you know say a few words and he just float up there huh yes jason Wonderful. I missed the donkey, but you're right about the donkey. I should have put that on there, too. But, but you'll think of that before me because you, you're more of a farmer than I am, Jason. But that's absolutely right. I love, I love it. The donkey, the wood. God said nothing about wood. The knife. These things are going to aid Abraham in doing what God said. Now, what's going to be in addition? Well, anything other than Isaac is going to be in addition. <laughs> Anything other than Isaac? Now we know the rest of the story, right? We know that later on, what did God do? He provided him an animal sacrifice when he got up there. But does Abraham know that was going to happen? Abraham's thinking. When we read Hebrews, that God may do what? Raise him from the dead. That's what Abraham's thinking. His faith is, you know, his faith is really high right now. He's thinking God will raise him from the dead. But at this point, if he doesn't take Isaac up there, He's adding. He says, oh, I, maybe God's got this wrong. I've waited a long time for this boy. Let me take an animal. Maybe, maybe take an animal instead. This is not right. No, anything other than Isaac is an addition until God makes the change. Does that make sense? Until God makes the change. So those are some Old Testament examples. That we can look at 300. You, you know that. We don't have time for that. But those are just some things I want you to see how faithful servants of God got this. They understood what AIDS were, and what additions were. So let's look at some New Testament. I got to go through this kind of quick here. Let's go to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. We're going to just look at this, and young people, really want you to kind of just see this and appreciate this. And if you have a question, let me know. But I think this will be simple enough where you can see this. I think we all can see this, these examples. So I got to go through this. I'm emphasizing a point. Romans 6 and verse 4, Paul says, therefore, we've been buried with him through baptism into death. So that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. So what's also authorized there in that passage? Baptism is. Baptism. Baptism here being clearly defined as immersion. Immersion, being buried in the water, going down and coming up. That's what is authorized here. Now, what could aid us in that? Well, a swimming pool could, right? We can can baptize in a swimming pool. We can baptize in a lake. We can baptize in a river. We can baptize by building one of those right there. We can have a baptistry. All these things will aid us in doing what God has said. We cannot do what God has said unless we got an aid. And the body of water is the aid. That's the aid. Got to have it. But what's going to be an addition? Well, an addition is going to be sprinkling. If we sprinkle water and call that baptism, well, now we've changed Romans 6 and verse 4. If we pour water on somebody's head and call that baptism, now we've changed what God has said. God says immersion. God says baptism. In fact, the Greek words, and I don't throw Greek words out a lot, but I think it's helpful here. The Greek words for baptism and sprinkle are are even two different words. Baptism is baptizo. Sprinkling is rantizo. And in the ancient times, they never interchange those words. They never used them together. The word baptism was often used to talk about maybe a ship that got sunk or immersed in the water. Maybe you immerse your dishes. Rantizo, a totally different word, had a totally different meaning. Not like you would see if you looked at a Webster's Dictionary for the term baptism today. If we don't baptize and do anything else, if we do anything else other than baptize, we've changed. We've added. John, go ahead, sir. uh, Yes, so you're talking about the plan of salvation, and I think that's important. And and let me just say this, because I think you're making a good point, John. I appreciate the point. But even when teaching the plan of salvation, we got to be careful. And I'm not saying John was doing this, but it did bring something to my mind, John. That we don't make baptism all of God's plan of salvation because it's not now that's the thing a lot of people get wrong most of the time right but Jesus said he who believes and is baptized shall be saved belief must come before baptism and that's how you know infant baptism is wrong because can babies believe no Peter said in Acts 2 and verse 38 what do you do before baptism repent so Baptism is part of God's plan of salvation, just like belief is in repentance and confession, confession of Jesus. And if we don't do all of that, then we, we've changed God's plan. And that would include a prayer, like John is saying. I, I think it's a great point. All right, let's keep going. We've got a lot more to cover here. Acts 20, verse 7. We've been through this one. You know, Acts 20, verse 7, first day of the week. disciples gathered to break bread. Paul delayed his journey on purpose to be with the saints. Was authorized there, the breaking of bread. Breaking the bread there, representing the Lord's Supper. That's what God wants done. He wants the Lord's Supper done. Now, what could aid us in that? Well, this explains some of the things you see us do. The trays, right? Gotta have some, you can have some trays. You don't got to have trays, but you can have trays. Got to serve it, right? Cups, the little communion cups. What about these things we're using now? I ain't going to mess with you, Jason, but <laughs> the chalices, right? The chalices. All that are AIDS. Okay? And 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 I know we're not the only ones using those, but there are other churches using those things too. And sometimes, you know, brethren really freak out because, oh my goodness, we're not using the trays anymore. We're not using the cups. We're not passing them out anymore. Oh, like we've like we've just violated God's laws. Sometimes we don't know the difference between a tradition and what God has said. All those things are expedients and the elders can decide what we use on that stuff. They have the authority to do that. And it does us no good to complain because our tradition got broke where everybody can pass it around uh, like we used to. These are expedients, trays, cups, the little communion packets, that stuff helps us. Now, in addition would be some peanut butter and jelly, uh, some chili che- cheeseburgers, in and out burgers, pizza, a donut. I would prefer those things, but if we add that stuff, we've changed what God has said. If we use those things instead of what the Lord has specified. The Lord has specified what he wants as far as bread and the juice go. Anything else is an addition. Okay? Brother Gary, yes, sir. <laughs> or kind of like us going from the paper Bibles, and we're using—we don't use any paper Bibles anymore. Most of the folks I see here using your Bibles on your what? On your phones, on your iPad. Things change. When I was growing up, the overhead projector was the big deal. Now we use PowerPoint. And guess what? It's going to change again. And I either better get on board with it, or I'm just going to be a dinosaur. Got to do it. And the and the preacher for that used what? Bed sheets i know a preacher who had, you had remember the bed sheets i'm not gonna ask them before that because some of y'all might start aging yourself then so we'll start with the bed sheets but uh there's some i mean these things ate us they ate us okay all right next one we know about colossians 3:16. let's just read that and young people i really want you to go there on this one because yeah i know many of you know this already but many churches of christ churches that are teaching baptism for remission of sins they're they're starting to use instruments now so we get we, we need to really see what's going on here in the text Colossians 3 and verse 16 that the word of Christ richly dwell richly dwell within you with all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing with thankfulness and your hearts to God so when you look at that verse what's authorized according to the verse that's what I see I see singing I also see that in Ephesians 5 19 so I see singing In the first century, they were singing. There's historical evidence that backs that up, too, outside of the Bible. They were singing. Now, what could aid us in that? Well, there are a lot of different things that could aid us in that. One of them is a songbook, right? Did God say anything about songbooks? No, but that's an expedient. What about what we're using now, the songs on the slides? Is that an expedient? Someone says, I don't like that. doesn't matter. We're not asking what you like. We're asking, is it an expedient? Can it aid us? Yes, it can aid us. What about an iPhone? Can you have songs on the iPhone? Sure you can. What about a sound system? Sound system help us a little bit? Are you song leaders glad to have a sound system so we can hear you? Especially the folks way back in the back? What about a pitch pipe? we got a lot of brethren here who use pitch pipes. They have, they do the pitch on their iPhone. You ever heard Brethren do that? Doom. That's that's an aid. That's an aid. It's aiding them in getting the pitch for the song. Now, what would be an addition? Well, the addition would be if they made the pitch pipe something that violated what God has said. If they started using it like a harmonica and they're singing and playing at the same time, that changes what God has said. Mechanical instruments. Mechanical instruments don't aid us in doing what that verse says. It changes. It takes the verse from saying, sing, to sing and play. That makes sense. See, when a brother uses the pitch pipe, he gets the pitch and then what does he do next? He puts it down. He puts his phone down. He puts the pitch pipe down. He's not singing and playing. The sin, and and remember this, the sin is not in the instrument it is using the instrument in a way that changes God's word. I'm going to a church in Brooklyn to preach in a few few days. And in that church, they share that church building with another religious group. And when you go in there, if you don't know that, you're going to think, well, man, this church has got instruments because guess what? They got drums in there. They got a guitar. They got all kind of stuff. But the brethren say, that's not we don't use that. That's for the other group coming after we leave because they're in new york and they can't afford a church building like we can here the sin is not having the piano on the stage if we had a piano on the stage that wouldn't be a sin the sin would be if we're using it to change what god has said we need to be clear in understanding these things we can't use instruments to change what god has said god says sing not sing and play and let me just say this history confirms again That for centuries, for centuries, all churches from all different denominations beyond the Lord's church, churches of different denominations didn't accept instruments. They understood this. Martin Luther got this. You know, some of these Protestant Reformation guys got this. It's only been within the last couple hundred years, less than the age of America, actually, that instrumental music has been widely accepted in churches. It wasn't that way for centuries. And you wouldn't know that if you looked around today, though, right? You would think, like, it's always been that way. It's it's a relatively new phenomenon. It just is. Next thing, Hebrews 10.25, we know this. We are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, right? So what's authorized there in the passage? Assemble. This right here is authorized. We, we, We have to assemble. Again, we have evidence of that outside of the Bible even, that early Christians assembled regularly, weekly, on Sundays. What can aid us in that? Well, there are a lot of things that can aid us in assembling, and we definitely need an aid because you can't assemble without an aid. So we can have a building, and we can have a house, and we can have a hotel room. When I was growing up, the church I was, where I was baptized, they, we didn't have a building. We didn't have a building it was a hotel we met in a rented hotel room and I got baptized in a jacuzzi I remember and um, but we can't afford a building so the hotel was an aid for us to assemble a field I mean there are many different things a barn I've seen Christians worship in barns there are many things, different things that can aid us in assembly and assembling together but what would be an addition Well, an addition would be something like a sports facility Something like that, something where we're not gathering or assembling for the purpose of worshiping God, but to have fun, to play games, to use the Lord's money to do something that falls within the realm of recreation. You see, the church building is authorized because we're here to do something God has told us to do, which is worship, which is study, which is growth. A hotel room can aid Christians in that a field can a house can many different things can. But if we're going to just, you know, use the Lord's money for a sports facility. Well, that's that's got nothing to do with Hebrews ten 25. That's got nothing to do with the Lord's money being used for that. And let me just say that if this is authorized for us to assemble, then we can use the Lord's money for it. If God says do it, then we can use his money to get it done also. OK, Brother Ryan, yes, sir. Yep, yep, and there were some forsaken. They were saying, the Hebrew writers said, don't do that. Don't you do that. Let me keep going here because I got more. I got more, and I'll give you all some time if I have a couple of minutes to make comments on all these. Matthew 28, 19 through 20, we know that text. Jesus says, go, make disciples of the nations, right? Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, we know, we, we talked about the go part. I don't want to do the go part right now. I want the other part. I want the part about teaching. Jesus says you need to teach people right you make disciples how do we make disciples by teaching and then after we make disciples Jesus said you keep teaching you teach them what all that I commanded you so we keep teaching what can aid us in teaching well there are a lot of things that can aid us a projector can aid us a whiteboard can aid us the website that brother Brian has so well put together you know how much teaching material we have on that website You know how often we hear from people around the world telling us, man, I've checked out this website, I've checked out this material, and it's helped me. Social media, we got a social media page where Don's got blogs going on it. In fact, a blog is an aid also. And we got sermons on there. We got all kinds of stuff. We got step-by-steps. How about that paper Bible you got right now? That's called an aid. What about your phone being on your iPad or your Bible being on your iPad or on your phone? That's an aid. You got an aid so you can be taught from the Bible, a phone, a paper Bible. What about these notes? I use notes every Sunday. That's an aid for me. I need I, I need these notes. They help me. They help me teach. What about my PowerPoint slides? Articles that, I, that we write. The, the articles that are going to go out today summarizing the Bible reading. What about the Zoom we're using? All right, don't y'all, for those of y'all being able to come to it, do you like being able to sit in the comfort of your home and study in your pajamas with your cup of coffee in front of you? That's an aid. Zoom is aiding us in teaching. What about the pulpit? That's an aid. The sound system, that's an aid. The workbooks you have right now, that's an aid. Those bed sheets that the brethren used in the way past times, that was an aid. What about the copy machine? That's an aid. All that stuff aids us in teaching. It aids us in teaching the word of God to the lost and to the saved. But in addition, will be a creed book. You know, the catechism, uh, Book of Mormon, anything that goes beyond the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, we, now we've changed it. Jesus said, you teach, you teach my word, and you use whatever means you can to teach it. Paul did that when you read Acts 20. Paul says he was, he taught publicly from house to house. Paul was all about using whatever means he had to teach the gospel. And that's what we do here. You know, 1 Corinthians 16, 1 and 2 talks about the collection. What's authorized there is a collection for the saints on the first day of the week. We did that already today, right? The collection. So what can aid us in that? Well, how about this? How about some baskets? We passed out baskets. What about trays? What about Zelle? Someone says, I don't don't think Zelle aids us. Well, it certainly does. It can aid. There are churches right now because of COVID that they started using Zelle and some of these other things, these other uh, ways in which you can pay directly from your bank. That can aid if you do it on the right day, which is the first day of the week. So you got baskets, you got trays, you got Venmo, Zelle. All these things aid us in doing what God says on the first, in 1 Corinthians 16. You got a problem with trays, or if you got a problem with Zelle, then you should have a problem with trays, too. If You have a problem with baskets. These things are called expedients. They aid us in doing what God has said, but in addition would be a bake sale. God didn't say get money through a bake sale. God didn't say get money through a car wash. God didn't say you get money by, by operating a school. These things change what God has said. God says you get money on the first day of the week through a, through a collection. And you gather that up and however you see fit, as long as it's done on the first day of the week. How about some 1 Peter 5, 1 and 2? 1 Peter 5 talks about elders and shepherds. What's their responsibility? Well, they're, they're, they're authorized to oversee, to oversee the flock. To oversee the flock. We got five men here who oversee the flock. So what can aid them in overseeing the flock? Well, how about some records? How about some spreadsheets? How about some pegs? You think that can help them oversee the flock? Does it help them oversee the flock? Rick, does that help you? Does that help Rick? It absolutely does. See, all that stuff aids the shepherds in keeping a record of the flock. But you know what would it be in addition? If they started overseeing another flock. Because Peter says shepherd the flock what? Among you. Don't shepherd Valley's flock. That's not your flock. Don't shepherd some flock in Texas or Florida or Iowa or wherever. No, you shepherd the flock where you've been appointed by the sheep there. Next one. Last one here, I think. Acts eleven twenty nine 29 through 31. want to say something about this then that I'll give you a chance to make some comments. What's authorized there is benevolence for needy saints. Remember that, that church in Jerusalem had, some, uh, had a famine they were going through and they needed some help, and the church in Antioch said, we'll help them, benevolence for needy saints. What could aid us in doing that, whether it's talking about brethren who need aid here or in other places? Well, how about mailing, wiring money, the uh, Venmo, all these things can aid us if we have to get money to brethren in Africa or Asia. And our elders can tell you more about more AIDS that helped them because they handle that a whole lot more than I would know about. But we can't get benevolence to needy brethren, especially in another part of the country and the world without some AIDS. We need some AIDS. But in addition would be benevolence to the world. The benevolence needs to be to the needy saints according to the Bible while there's nothing wrong with us as individuals helping people of the world we need to do that actually we're commanded to do that that's not the work of the church it's not the work of it's it's not the way the Lord's money is to be used the Lord says I need the benevolence from the contribution to go to my people not to the world you help the world out of your own pocket that's what you need to do don't 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 put it on the church you need to do that as a Christian Okay, I'm going to pause right there. Any comments, please? I'll give you a couple of minutes, and i got some final thoughts I want to say. Brother Don, go ahead, sir. we to elucidate on 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. I'm sorry, sir. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12. Okay. All things are lawful for me, but all, not all things are profitable. All things are lawful for, law for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. That's 1 Corinthians 6. Verse 12. Great passage. I like that. And, you know, it seems like when we read that, there was, that was some of the things the Corinthians were saying. Like, oh, you know, it doesn't matter what we do. It doesn't matter what we do. It's all good. Paul says no. He, he starts saying what, what, what the right answer is, yeah. contrasting what they were saying. That's very good. Anybody else? Anything? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Mr. Carroll. Sister Carol said in another edition, the first Peter five, one and two would be a hierarchy. That's absolutely right. In fact, that is one of the first ways in which the church apostatized. It had to do with the elders and how they were messing up God's structure for elders in every church. And they started putting, you know, a bishop over a district of churches and it got to the hierarchy system. So that was one of the first ways in which the Lord's people apostatized not long after the apostles. It's a great point. That's an excellent point. Anyone else? Yes, ma'am. So in 1 Corinthians 16, um, mm-hmm. like you said, like if you would have a bake sale, it wouldn't necessarily be you giving. It would be other people from outside the church, or at least outside of your church, you know, giving. You're a smart girl. You're a very smart girl. That's exactly right. It w- the thing with the bake sale, it's not just for those in the back, the idea, Ashlyn says, it's not just the idea, or it's the idea that, you know, you got other people contributing to this, people from outside in the world. And to add with that, Ashley, with that great point, is the Lord has told us how to get money. And it's not through a bake sale. It's through people gathered for worship on Sunday in a, in a time where everybody's giving in a, in, a, in a basket or even a hat or in a plate, however you want to put that, but it's associated with worship. That's a form of our worship to God. It's a great point. It's a great point. Let me just say this real quick before I let y'all go. Just give me 30 seconds if you don't mind. Where do we get the authority for these things? I hope you can see. I've tried to show you that we have authority for every one of these things. We have generic authority for every one of these things. These are expedients. I want you to take away this. Aids are necessary to accomplish God's will. We have to have them to do God's will. Well, using an aid... When we're finished, guess what? We have done nothing more than what God has commanded. That's all we've done. We use the aid to do what God has commanded. The addition doesn't help us do what God has commanded. Rather, it adds and changes what God has commanded, and if we're using something without authority, we gotta stop. If a church is doing something without authority, it doesn't allow us to do other things without authority. So that's usually where people are going when they ask, you, ask us that question that I started with, okay? So I hope that made things clear. Um, there's a lot more we could say about that, but you got a foundation at least. And if there's any other questions you have about that, you know, you can always reach out to me. I'm, I'm, I'll be more than willing to answer any other questions you have about that. But I hope that made, especially for our young people, some things clear. Okay. Uh, thank you very much, Brother Mitch. My dear friend Mitch will start Lesson 11, Lord willing, on Wednesday. And he's going to be talking about the silence of God. Man, Mitch, I wish I, wish I could have been part of that. That's a good one but the silence of God. What do we do when people say, well, God didn't say we can't do it? How do we respond to that? That'll be Wednesday. Thank you very much.